now just the opening note of a song will cue me into 20 years from now. Everything that's happening. And I'm just already like hit with the full emotion of the song before it even starts. And I'm like, oh my gosh, here it comes. Or it's like bystander. I'm like, oh, you know. (laughs) But to the point now where I hear the opening of the new bystander, boom, 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 boom. I'm like, here we go. I know, I know. (laughs) It's like happening where the Black Alicia, like that in bloom that, yeah, 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 yeah. I'm like, oh, <laughs> oh boy, here we go. <laughs> okay, okay. Well, let me let me read this one more thing, and then we'll get right into two dogs. Welcome to No Small Thing, the podcast dedicated to helping you live a less certain and more curious life, temporarily dedicated to the album Gray by Moses Sumney. Bam, I'm Scott. <laughs> Dang it. Bam, I'm Scott. You were really close. You oh, did a really good job. Unplugged your computer. Um, and I'm Mace. It's fine. It should be have enough battery. Okay. Welcome to episode 183. We are in the flow. We are in the flow. We are in the flow. My computer's been on the Moses Sumney flow. Um, here we are, everybody. Welcome. If I feel like I now say this every time, if you're new to here, you're just joining us. You're now reaching the the towards the end of we're rounding the corner, we're rounding the corner of a humongous deep dive into mm-hmm. the album Gray by Moses Sumney, a twenty song uh, rounding album. the corner, and we still have eight songs to cover. Right. So 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 yes, that's true. But it and does, maybe some bonus episodes. So it does feel slowly rounding the corner. <laughs> Five more laps. <laughs> we do not do anything. Um, You're almost done. Really? Five more laps. Room. Oh. <laughs> um, so we've essentially covered, I, I do feel like in some sense tonight marks a new point of the, mm-hmm. of the time because we have sad songs. Sad, <laughs> no, we, we definitely entered sad song hour. <laughs> not that we weren't there before, but especially in the back yeah. half. So we, Moses released this album gray in two parts, part one and part two and part one ended with Polly 12 songs. And then we now are headed into part two, which wow. begins with two dogs. Oh gosh. Well, I'm just glad you said that. Cause I forgot about that. I keep forgetting. It's okay. I will be talking a lot about that. Wow. Great. You just started. Yes. Yeah, so <laughs> thematically, I'll, I, I, so how we do it in this podcast. Welcome. Well, <laughs> <laughs> we start with a welcome. Yeah. How we do. Welcome. welcome. What's the next step? <laughs> then we, uh, um, what's the next step? <laughs> okay. So, okay. so welcome everybody. <laughs> how we do it is <laughs> both of us each pick a song and we're going to dissect it in our meandering conversational yeah. way. Um, book really, report. Book report. Yes. Book report energy. Just two friends choosing to do a book report on songs together. Yeah. For fun. A way to live life. Um, Oh, really quickly. You do wordles. We get together. I and wanted, we... first. Okay. I do want to join wordle. Everyone <laughs> is talking about it and I'm ready to join. Um, <laughs> second, let me make a quick note here. I don't know if it's too early in the episode to say this cause you're supposed to give people something, uh, oh, yeah. something to the call on. to action. The call to action. Give but- them some, Give them some content first. Yeah. You already got so our content. You got, you got a tiny content. You just got nothing. two 
minutes and 50 <laughs> seconds of banter. Time for a pitch. Okay. So we are a podcast that, um, as I just said, we do this just for fun and we don't have a team. We don't have producers. We don't have editors besides ourselves. Scott's our, our primary editor. And if you like this, if you enjoy the podcast and our, our goal Vibing. of sorts, our, oh, yeah. our vocation, whatever word you want to use for this idea of being less certain, more curious, you like what we're up to, you like the vibe, or you're liking the vibe of us deep diving this album, um, you can support the podcast in a myriad of ways. Um, one of the ways you can support the podcast is literally becoming a Patreon, which is like how you support people out here trying to do creative things. Mm -hmm. So go visit patreon.com slash no small thing. You can become a supporter at like a $1 level and it really means a lot. It goes a long way. And then you get access to our discord channel where other people are talking about things. Somebody this last week shared about a really interesting dream they had on oh, our discord. Sweet. So that was uh, funny. It was a very Freudian, uh, nice dream. It felt like. Um, so that's one way you can support us. Um, another thing is share about us on your Instagram or social medias. It really goes a long way to be like, Hey, I'm listening to this podcast. Anyone else out there? Or like, you know, a friend that likes Moses Sumney and you're enjoying this, pass it along. That'd yeah. be super cool. Um, if I saw a, f a friend that I trusted recommending a podcast episode, I'd probably listen to it. Yeah. I'd say 60% chance I'm going to listen to it. I would say full mood based. Yeah. Depends. Lately I've been in an audiobook zone. So yeah. I've been listening to as many podcasts, I'll be honest. And I'll also say there's also maybe 60% chance I'll listen to a recommended episode if I see a friend recommend a podcast on their social media. Yeah. And then probably 30% chance that I might get all the way into that podcast. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So that's another hope is like maybe you recommend an episode, but maybe, maybe, get, maybe people get into us. Um, yeah. And so that's it. Oh, maybe if you want to write a review. We were just saying that we're really review deprived right now. So review deprived. Give us a review. Please. Let us know what you think. We're holding out our cup, please, shaking the change. Please review. Please review us. Review. Please. Um, that would be cool. Um, okay. I, I don't want to spend too much time on that. Five more minutes. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> five more minutes of pitches. We're going to get right us. into it. Five minutes into this episode, <laughs> right into the album. Just dive. Just diving right okay. here. Context. Rounding the corner, disc two. Yes. Okay. So everybody, we're disc. now, I'm assuming you're along the journey and you, you're listening to Gray and that's happening for you. And if not, hi. Go back and listen or hi. <laughs> Do it however you want. <laughs> so if we're looking at this album, came out in two parts. The first half is 12 songs. Of those 12 songs, I think the count is five, no, Eight, eight are actual like musical ah, songs. Okay. Four are things like interludes. Little mini tracks. Little, mini little creative tracks. little uh, word. Yes. So uh, hodgepodge. that would include insula, also, also, and, and boxes, and. Neither um, one. Nope. What? Nope. Never mind. I said Jill Jack. One. Jill Jack. Good job. Um, and so now, so that's 12 songs, eight full composed musical songs. We're now in the back half, which has two little mixtapey things that yeah. all come at the end and six full-fledged songs. So full-fledged. The way this is set up is still kind of leaning heavy in the beginning and kind of rounding it out with a smaller composite piece. 
Okay, yes. Um, wow, I like the way you said that. Thank you. <laughs> I have a few, actually, articles that I thought were really interesting because I'm going to be talking about the song Two Dogs. And this song, I think, really, in many ways, is is it an ex- is the example of the, the tone we're we have in the back half. Kicking it off with two dogs. Yeah. An aggressive move. A very aggressive move. And I, I think that Polly actually even prepares us for this. So in the first half even of Grey, we get just a lot of like more of the bangers of the album. Right. There's a lot more like vitality, freshness, perhaps someone even say like color mm-hmm. in the in the beginning. And Ooh, yeah. towards the end, it's it, we start to pull inward. There's like a more introspective flair yes. towards the end. Things are a little slowed down. Things are actually a little bit more somber, I think, somber. at the end. More reflective. Mm-hmm. This back half really kind of sits with you. Like yeah. It's sinking in a lot of these like big, bright themes of mm-hmm. the first half. And then it starts to like sink in. I think the back half also has a lot more... It, for folks who are fans of aromanticism, I think the back half is in a lot of ways a little bit more in conversation with aromanticism and seems to pair well with that, Yep, I would say, which is Moses' first album. Um, okay, so I have a few things I'm going to read here. Um, this comes from uh, everythingisnoise.net, um, cool. and it is an article on this album. So here we go. Thus, the second part of Gray establishes an interesting duality. If the first half was the grand orgiast- orgiastic stage play. I would play, probably say orgiastic. <laughs> not the way I <laughs> yeah. pronounce it. The grand orgiastic stage play. Then this is the come down and the aftermath behind the curtain. Or in case you'd like to keep with some of these themes of sexuality, then part one was the sex, the orgasm, the final grandiose realization of human connection and togetherness, while the second part is the afterglow, arguably arguably even more intimate and vulnerable in its clear-minded, yet still endorphin-hazed side-by-side of two humans that mere moments before were merged into one. Wow. Either way you choose to look at it, you're always presented with two inextricably linked sides of the same medallion when interacting with Grey. It's soft, thematically intricate, contrast enhancing the overall experience rather than derailing it anticipated by part one's final track polly this shift in musical direction isn't exactly radical but still significant toning down some of the album's earlier more beat heavy and bombastic tendencies these tracks embrace a new gentle ambient glow Electronic sounds and folksy elements take center stage, while the use of auxiliary instrumentation like horns, woodwinds, and strings has been relegated to the background. Together, these songwriting choices create a lush tapestry for Sumney's angelic voice to flourish on. The song's building blocks remain the same, but everything has taken a sharp turn towards the ethereal and introverted. Likewise, the lyrical theme Sumney chose for this portion of the album see him redirect his focus decidedly inward. Although there are still grander implications at play, of course there are the familiar aromanticism touchstones of love and isolation. Single, Me in 20 Years, depicts the painful sting of loneliness and the yearning chasm of love lost especially well. But we also see Sumney grappling with topics such as mortality, morality, and facing expectations, both within an intimate relationship and as an artist. Mm. 
These I find to be just a tad more engaging, much like the social commentary of Gray's per- first part. They provide a sense, suspenseful counterweight to this, to his otherwise aloof interpersonal ruminations. Mm. Not only are these themes each individually handled with the utmost grace, they're also woven into one another with astounding suppleness. For example, Two Dogs is an anecdote revolving around two dogs that came into Semney's life in 2004, which he uses to touch on mortality and the inherent damaging potential of things we might see as beneficial. Strange how what heals can also kill. Perhaps even a comment on love itself? It doesn't end there, though Sumney manages to tie this whole thematic complex back into his ongoing discussion of the aromantic nature of his own life with a single question, no less. Have you ever at least loved a pet? Oof, 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 oof. Any thoughts hearing that? (laughs) Yeah, I mean, the the sexual uh context or references make a lot of sense for the album. It totally does. Yeah. I and mean, that's actually like a really good imagery. And I think that's like post coital, <laughs> people would say. <laughs> and it's like that's a really I, I would say that's perhaps even a more intimate space actually. Yeah. Like after like I, I feel like there's something incredibly intimate in that space. And so it's there is something very um like the first half kind of starts to twist and turns and you think twist and turn things in you and like punch you. And there's something about it. That's like, uh, I, I, violent isn't the word I would use, but there's something about it. That's more, I also don't know if passion aggressive. Would be the right more. Yeah. Maybe more aggressive. Yeah. I mean, we literally have viral as one of the top like yeah. opening tracks there. And then viral and, and conveyor, mm-hmm. uh, the word that just came to me is like, are like juggernauts. They're right, like and big. Cut me. Yeah. Well, not as, I mean, cut me is a chill, but lyrically, lyrically me, for sure. Yeah, you know? for sure. But like those other two just come in of like, I just had another vision of like a swarm, a swarm of bees or hornets or right. locusts or something. Right. Conveyors like, yeah, it's just a totally different vibe than these. No, there's none of that on this back half. This back half is like, you really have like, like, turned a corner wound down. Like we're now lay. I love this image of laying alongside one yeah, another. Yeah. Like that does feel like what's happening here. There's that intimacy in this space. Personally, I love a good come down. I mean, it gets even better as it goes all the way to the final song, which is like just basically vibing out. You know, bless me. Yeah. No, it totally uh, is. Is that the very last song on the album? The very last song is a, is a like, and so I come to isolation. Right. Yeah. Oh, right. Yeah. yeah. So bless me. The way bless me ends is vibing. Oh, it is you totally so just, vibing. It's, it's probably the most grand of the back half, but yeah. it's in a very different way than like a punch you. It's like a, we're sending you off yeah. kind of thing. Boom, 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 boom. I mean, you're hearing those sets, right? Song. That's it. Is that is that the end of yeah, Bless Me? Yeah. Boom, 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 that's boom, kind of boom. the beginning. Well, no, yeah, because then it, that's that's kind of the that's end. That's when we come of, to the end, right? Yeah, that's, that's what I'm thinking of. Those little guitars. Yeah. Boom, 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 boom. Yeah. I just love that. I'm like, after all this, I just need my brain to just yep. ride this wave of guitar sounds. No, it's good. It's really Please good. let that be the end. Don't please. don't hit me with conveyor again. No, 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 no. no. <laughs> I already did that. No. Don't hit um, me with 20 years again. I, I can't, I can't, no, I can't get hit with another big song. No, just no. let me chill out for please, a second. Please, it's too much. <laughs> um, okay. I'll read one more thing. Um, and then we'll get right into, um, 
we'll get right into two dogs, which I mean, we kind of already are. I think that's the thing about two dogs is it's, it seems to me to be doing this, this it's, it's, it's starting this process. I don't feel like I'm in two dogs yet. So great. You haven't brought us there yet. Perfect. This I, is I'm all, not, this is all pre warm up <laughs> to two dogs. Okay. This is all foreplay. This is in some sense. <laughs> okay. Where did this thing go? I'm really excited. I'm really excited for two dogs. I mean, I guess I'll just say um, the back half, as much as I've always liked it, mm-hmm. is growing on me even more. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, I guess I guess it's true. Like, if we're just going to use sexual references, you you blow a lot of energy <laughs> on that first half. And, mm-hmm. and, and, I mean, I remember listening to the whole album on the back, on the way back from a road trip one time recently. Yeah. I mean, that was probably like three or four months ago. At, and when I knew we were going to be doing this, I'm like, I don't know if I've actually ever sat down and just listened to the whole thing its entirety. And this was like a four hour road trip. So I had more than enough time. And yeah, by the time I got to two dogs, I was like, this is still going here. You know, it's not just the album because I love every song. I love the whole thing. But like, I was just like, here we go. Like, I just got to keep my attention focused. And there's just so much content. And by the time I got to these songs, I was like, oh, Oh my gosh, six more. I was like, six more. Can I go listen to some rap music now or something? <laughs> like it's, it's so this funny album I don't goes. Feel it that way. I don't feel it that way. Like, well, if you had it on the background of like while you're painting or something, but I'm right. like driving through this monotonous desert land and I'm just like, you know, again, like I, I had stamina for all those big songs. I was like, Oh, I'm getting into gray. And it's like, Oh, well, and I think Polly really is kind of a, an interesting transitional come yeah. down into this. Yeah. yeah I, I, I can see that in some sense. And I think that's like, we literally think about how he released this album. Mm-hmm. You know, it, mm-hmm. it is a two part album, yeah. which is like, yeah, maybe take an intermission. Yeah. Take that. an intermission. And also the, the, the way an album grows on you because these songs are so much more familiar to me now. So right. it's just that like, the, the beautiful thing about albums and music and <laughs> sometimes you just sound, say things that sound so cliche, but like now just the opening note of a song will cue me into 20 years from now. Everything that's happening. And I'm just already yeah. like hit with the full emotion of the song before it even starts. Right. And I'm like, Oh my gosh, here it comes. Right. Or it's like bystander. I'm like, Oh, you know, <laughs> but to the point now where I hear the opening of the new bystander, boom, boom, oh, boom, boom. I'm I like, know. here we go. Oh, I know. I know. <laughs> it's like happening where the black Alicia, yeah. like that in bloom, that, Ding, ding, yeah, ding, yeah, ding, yeah, ding. yeah. I'm like, oh. oh boy, here we go. <laughs> okay, okay. Well, let me <laughs> let me read this one more thing, and then we'll get right into two dogs. <laughs> Skip to an hour from now, and we'll start a conversation on two dogs. Should I just go right to two dogs? No, no, no. I like this. It's just the ultimate tease. <laughs> okay. One more article, then two dogs. <laughs> this comes from treblezine.com. <laughs> <laughs> I want to say there also was not a single thing on two I would, dogs. I want to do a uh, like like performance <laughs> art episode someday, and the whole episode is us just totally fucking with the audience, <laughs> like quoting the stupidest thing. Yeah, and we're like, "What are they talking about?" And we're just we're like, "Get to this next gonna, thing." It's six articles, and we're almost to two dogs. One more article, and then we're like, "Well, we ran out of time. Next week, come back for two dogs." <laughs> <laughs> okay, part okay. two of the album, then. Okay, here we go, here we go, here we go! Um, Part two of the album, those final eight tracks, has ironically an easier bar to clear. Oh, okay, so this article was like, part one was incredible, we were shocked, we gave it amazing reviews. Uh, After all, given not just the 
pearlescent perfection of the best tracks of the first half, but the startling and spellbinding consistency of it, even in those final songs, were only at the mean average of the first part. We'd have a shoe-in for album of the year's Ooh. list at the minimum, and Ooh. years of future adoring at maximum. High praise. It should be noted that the second half is, admittedly, less explicitly action-packed, but that this feels like a deliberate structural idea rather than a failing. The first half, minus the intro and interlude, sits, as, sits at eight full songs. The second half, minus its interludes and outro, sits at six. The mood of this reduced number also sits more in the somber and reflective space. Drifting away from the multifaceted, polysexual, art house beauty of the first half for a similarly multifaceted examination of regret, shame, and other midnight moods. Oh, that's it. like, that's it right God there. bless midnight these writers. Moods. I mean, I I'm just like, thank you. You're saying it all. <laughs> Somebody is too smart to be exceptionally self-pitying, even <laughs> when thinking back. <laughs> having to see myself. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Even when thinking back on past love or the loss of his beloved dog or projecting out into the formlessness of the future, knowing well that that way leads, that way let, mm, knowing well <laughs> that way lays the toxicity of the dreaded soft boy. Uh, there is a maturity to his reflections, a level of acceptance and balance of elements that one person's loss in an, is another person's liberation. That the record sheds some of the threading interludes to more constant to more concentrate its energy on these down tempo moody explorations feels the right fit. Mm. I read this article in the New York Times the other day that said uh, soft boys are the new toxic masculinity. It was an interesting article. I don't know if I know what a soft boy is. I mean, who knows? I mean, it's probably like a new a new phrase that's getting thrown out into the lexicon. Yeah. You know, into the ethers of, of pop culture. Male, identif- male identifying individuals that display more tender traits from how they act to how they dress, they're stereotypically associated with the feminine. Well, the way I think the way I think this article was talking about it had some incel vibes, like people that oh, like guys that are like emotionally manipulative and like uh like kind of like a fuckboy almost type That's of That's interesting because there's on Urban Dictionary, um there's not that there doesn't seem to be that kind of connotation but i imagine that things have changed and shifted take it up with the new york times everybody i will, I will. you know i, I i'm soft just boy? there's also <laughs> soft boy or soft boy either one. Oh well i was i think the article had boi honestly oh really so yeah okay yeah that would be interesting another connotation <laughs> does that change it <laughs> yeah what does it say it totally does Similar to a fuckboy without yeah. the cocky attitude. Yeah. The soft boy will butter a girl up by appealing to her emotions and showing a sensitive side long enough for her to sleep with him, whether or not he actually cares about her. Or yeah. Not. yeah, 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 yeah. Honestly, that that shifted if I wrote soft boy or soft yeah. boy. And there's there's apparently huge meme accounts where it's just like texts from soft boys, screenshots and how like to messages. Sp- how to spot a soft boy before yeah. he ruins your life. Yeah, there you Gosh. go. <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, okay. A little so detour there. We take detour, detour everybody, sometimes. It's time for two dogs. Here we go. One more article. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. So this song, two dogs is, um, essentially a song about two dogs. Oh, Hmm. wow. You really unlocked the full meaning of this for me. Got right to it. Um, it is a, I would say one of the saddest songs on the album. Mm. I think it reads really desolate. I think it's really, I, I think this is like, Especially if you're an animal lover. Uh, yes. Yes. And I think just in lots of ways. So it begins with this 
I'll, I'll kind of go lyric for lyric, but then I also want to know, I don't know, have you, have you seen the music video for yeah. this? The music video for this is, I think, really profound. And uh, there is a way in which Moses is playing with like literal dualities in this song that I think are really key to this album. Um, and in that music video, Moses is literally like he usually only wears black. Like that's like a very typical Moses like motif is he's like an all black. And for the first time I like ever, I never see him. He's wearing like an all white outfit at parts. And there's kind of this like contrasting going between these two outfits and he's wearing this white wig. And there's this really like rich tension around white, black, good, bad, like demon angel, and the the song is kind of dealing with the tension of what like loving both of sorts mm-hmm. or like having having an experience of both and and he literally uses dogs as the, the means for which he explores that, but it seems like he's also like obviously exploring bigger themes. Um so I think it it might be fun to just go line by line. If yeah, of course. Uh, isn't that kind of what we do? Yeah, no, totally. Um, okay, so it begins. I think there's also something about this one, and I think I said this last week of like somehow Moses does this thing where his lyrics have really rich, deep meaning and are also plain in right, a really beautiful right way. Right there on the surface. Right, but it's like oh wow, but yeah. it's still it's still it, it's not cheesy and it's not it's still saying something. I, I'm sure, I'm sure like there's like words for these types of things that describe mm-hmm. sort of like a literary device or like something. <laughs> Obviously we have like words like metaphor and analogy, but that's not right. exactly what I'm saying. It's like a, a piece built on something or a concept like two dogs. And of course, two dogs being symbolic of many more things, but also literally meaning two dogs. Right. Yeah. You no, know? he's literally taking like a story about a real thing, but using it. Yeah. And, you know, it makes you wonder about, like, how he, you know, what he was musing with his relationship with these dogs. Like, yeah. it's both this, he can use these dogs to show some things he's musing with, and maybe the dogs brought forward these mm-hmm. themes to him. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. Our inner worlds are complicated, folks. What was that? Our inner worlds are complicated. <sighs> okay. They are. What do these dogs mean to Moses? Um, okay, so... I had two dogs in the summer. It seems so funny. To I say. had two dogs. Wow. <laughs> no, yeah, but no, I think what we're doing is slowing the listener down. Right. So we talk about it and then we play the song mm-hmm. and it's like all of a sudden you're just kind of hearing it a little bit different. So, no, totally. Yeah. So, okay. I had two dogs in the summer of 2004. One was boot black, the other whiter than a health food store. Mm, dang good line um yeah so i just really quickly want to note like i for the there's very little on the internet about this song the best i got was the youtube comments Mm -hmm. and probably the top comment was people commenting on this line the other wider than a health food store like people really being there was just a lot of people being like right in the middle of like Moses pastoring us. He gives us the funniest line ever. Like there's this really interesting irony about that line. I just instantly think of whole foods. Right. No, exactly. (laughs) And, and I, and I think that there's, so the next line following that is medicine hogged the floor space on the back porch. Mm. So I think there's this very interesting like tension there of even like wider than a health food store. Like he's literally naming, he had a black and a white dog, like in their literal level. But then I think there's this fascinating thing of 
like one wider than a health food store and then medicine hogged. And I can't help but see the relationship of like this kind of interesting world of potential like capitalism being involved in our medication. Oh yeah. And the like tied up piece and the tied up pieces of something like a heavy quotes health food store and how that's tied up in, you know, like we literally named whole foods. Yeah. Amazon, you yeah. know, like yeah. I, I find that link to be really quick of thinking like I, he's commenting, I think on so many things here, but medicine hogged the floor space on the back porch and we'll get, we'll get more into that. But essentially this is like, he's playing with this tension of like the medicine heals and kills these dogs. Yeah. Like these dogs are like receiving all of this medicine, but they ultimately like die because of it. Yeah. And so it's, I feel like there's that interesting tension and having had named that wider than a health food store. I'm just like instantly thrown into like capitalism, colonialism, yeah, Jeff medical, Bezos. all those things. <laughs> um, okay. Uh, medicine hogged the floor space on the back porch donations. My monarch saved up to take up to the poor, which I think that this is the line I have the most questions around. Yeah. Like I, I, I feel like a little, like there's a part of me that's feels a little silly. Cause I'm like, I'm not entirely sure what I mean and I, what he's saying here. So Do, I'd be curious. Donations, my monarch, my monarch saved up to take up to the poor. Ooh, boy. Well, this is where we'd be like listeners. All right. I, I always say, put it in the chat. Right, right. <laughs> what do you guys think? Right. Like a, a literal person in his life. Is it himself? Right. And like monarchs are like also, like ruler. I looked up the word monarch. So I was like, let me just like think. And it's like a sovereign, like it's a state where it's essentially ruled by one class right? and everyone else is kind of like they're It's like the one, the monarch class. And so it's an interesting thing. My monarch saved up to take up to the poor. Like there's, I don't know. I, I I'm, there's something there. There's and if you're listening, there. I'm sure you have some ideas, but also, when I'm listening to a podcast like this, I'm hoping the the people have the ideas, right? No, but I think I, it's one of those points where it's like we're, we're we we're we're at the we're at the mercy of uh, these articles and lyric genius and things Moses has said about the album itself, and sometimes it's fairly easy to decode, right? But there might be some references, like you said, to to capitalism and stuff like that too. And what is the monarch. Right. And well, and I think we're, you the, is, is he the monarch? Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And I think that this is one thing is certain is the song is dealing with dualities. Mm-hmm. So to even have something like monarchs and poor in the same line mm-hmm. is there's, there's this tension of like, and, and, and in this album, it's not only duality. He's kind of, I feel like more than either place, he's actually looking at like extreme duality, yeah. like opposites here. Black and white. Black and white. Opposites. It's in the video. Monarchs, poor, opposites. And then we're going to keep moving on. I had two dogs in the summer of 2004. One was put back, the other white in a health food store. Up to the pole. 
Oh, the backyard sang a chorus of barks from yin and yang. There you go. Um, which I, I thought it would be like, it's, I think a lot of us know what yin and yang means, yeah. but I think even just reading like a tiny bit on it is yeah. helpful here. Yeah. Yeah. Please. I mean, um, uh, people should be reminded. Oh, maybe people don't even know. We shouldn't assume. Um, okay. This is from Wikipedia. <laughs> <laughs> um, an ancient Chinese philosophy, yang, yin and yang, literally dark light, negative, positive is a Chinese philosophical philosophical concept that describes how obviously opposite or contrary forces or contrary forces may actually be complementary, interconnected and interdependent in the natural world and how they may give rise to each other as they interrelate to one another. In Chinese cosmology, the universe creates itself out of a primary chaos of material energy organized into the cycles of yin and yang and formed into objects and lives. Yin is the receptive and yang the active principle, seen in all forms of change and difference such as the annual cycle, winter and summer, the landscape, north-facing shade and south-facing brightness, sexual coupling, the formation of both men and women as characters, and social political history, disorder and order. I, when I think of yin and yang, I guess for people my age, I think of TNC surf design. That was such a huge thing for me growing up was a t-shirt and it had the yin yang symbol. Oh, interesting. On it. And then I also think of, uh, last airbender. <laughs> 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 Remember there's those koi fish that are yin and yang, like moon and sun or something. Oh, and they I don't, like I disrupt mean, them. I've only seen airbender one time. Right. Um, it's the end of the second season. Oh, there yeah. we go. <laughs> um, but I think that, yeah, I think there is yin and yang are barking in the backyard. Right. It's like, it's, that's what's happening here. This, and I think that that's this really interesting thing of like, if we're taking the themes of this album of multiplicity, there's this way in which the grayness, you could be like, Oh, it's gray, you know, something in the middle. Mm-hmm. And I think this song is really commenting on actually sometimes it's two quite opposite things existing side by side. Right, 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 right. And being interconnected. And that's, gray yeah it's not like and that's an interesting thing gray is black and white <laughs> you know what i mean right but it's black and white and the black and white together but there's also still the black and white you know does that make sense it's oh, of course <laughs> I, I also just think like him saying that he wants to fill this very boring or you know traditionally boring color with color like right. which is a oxymoron to a certain extent but like i also think of this idea of like prisms with this album, multiplicity, like all the colors somehow getting ironically and, you know, summed up with this word gray. Right. Um, that's, that's how I feel. <laughs> that's my thoughts on the matter. <laughs> that's it. That's the podcast. We that's shut how down. I feel. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I mean, uh, all, all the things that are in the middle, the gray to me is a placeholder for all those things in the middle. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, you know, whatever you want to call it, you know, I mean, it's, it's a, it's an, in, it's a much more interesting thing than saying the color wheel. But if this right. album was called the color wheel. Right. <laughs> right. But I, yeah. And I think that that's this interesting thing of like, I don't know. I know that when I think of gray, I think of, Oh, it's the fusion of black and white. And it's like, you lose the black and white Yeah. in the creation of gray. And there's something here where it's like, there still is the black and white. Yes. Different. Yes. Yes. Does that make sense? It does. I think, I think in Moses is gray. Yeah. There's, there's multiple shades, including white and including black, literal black, literal white. 
something strong and tangible. I, yeah. I think that's, yeah, yeah. Like there, there is such a, th- I mean, if we're just going to go in the gender realm, mm-hmm. there are multiple endless infinity <laughs> genders mm-hmm. and there's also man and woman mm-hmm. that's black and white. That's just how it is. And then also other genders. Right. 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 Um, and whether they're in between the spectrum of male and female or off in some other dimension is a whole other conversation, yeah. but those things exist. Right. 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 No, exactly. It's like there's, there's this play with the dualities yeah. and like this, this kind of weaving in and out of them. And they're archetypes. Right. As I was going to say like right. men and women, that's an archetype. Right. No, exactly. And I think that's the thing of like yin and yang. And so then we now go into, they played angel and demon. Like that's the next line. Mm-hmm. Um, so, Oh, the backyard saying a chorus of barks from yin and yang. They played angel and demon, which I mean, also you could be like, are the dogs named yin and yang? Maybe it's not as straightforward as we think. Why? I mean, I don't, this is more symbolic than straightforward. It's not right. like he's just telling the story. I had a dog named right. Rover and right. one named Brutus and right. I took some food out to them and <laughs> one of them was sad and slobbered on my hand. And I know. I mean, it's interesting because I was thinking, because Joanna Newsom also has a song that's to her dog that died. Yeah. It's like, oh, Sadie. And it's like really her. It's like from her first album. It's like really oh, just. Uh, it's kind of like a Western version. With a, I picture like a banjo. Oh, Sadie. Can I play like a tiny clip from it? Of course. This, You're in charge. You could. I, I was, I was going to get this ready, but. Uh, this is just like this is the Joanna Newsom black version. and white yin and yang male and female angel demon did you say angel and demon yeah well yeah there yeah. you go um, okay demon. so this is just a real this is I think this is almost funny I mean I love this song and it makes me cry sometimes but um, <laughs> just the the hearkening of, of Joanna's voice this is how she writes a song about a dog oh makes me cry sometimes oh We don't have to listen to more. We I just have to say, uh, we don't deserve Joanna Newsom. We don't deserve Joanna Newsom. That's really true. Oh, man. Okay. Um, that was a fun little interlude. Okay, so, yes. Yeah, so, a chorus of barks from Yin and Yang. They played Angel and Demon. Oh, the backyard sang A chorus of barks from Yin and Yang Now, in the music video, I think this is really interesting because this is where, like, you start to see Moses is Moses shifts from wearing all black to white. Yeah. At that point. Yeah. Which is really interesting because we associate like <gasps> this whole yeah no this whole album yeah it's, it's like black. Whoa. whoa and it's like we associate angels typically with the mm-hmm. color whiteness mm-hmm. which is a very interesting thing and I mean. I both of both Scott and I have history with Christianity. And so I think it's <laughs> hard not to think about like 
and and I and angels and demons are just general archetypes. Yeah. But it's hard for me to unsee my own like lens in which my Christian oh. upbringing comes in, and it, it's made me think about. I had this one professor who is doing like a lot. He's like a biblical scholar, and he's actually doing a lot of work around this idea of reimagining color in the Bible. Ooh. And he takes prominent verses where they use like white as a color that like is perceivably like heavy quotes, good and pure and yeah. all these things. And he shifts the, and then uses a darker color. And he actually is like going through and finding all the verses in the Bible that do that. And he's actually changing wow. the verses in a really poetic and cool way wow. of like really like it's JP. Oh yeah. Perfect. Um, oh, like, that at your new school. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> my new Presbyterian <laughs> pastor, JP, <laughs> um, which I just find to be really interesting. And there seems to be something playing around here with this like angel demon back yeah. and forth, black, white, like this, this, like what roles that these things fall into. And then also like, what's the reversal of these roles yeah. is something that I like, it makes me wonder around. Yeah. I mean, um, I forget what the exact title of the book was. It was called like wandering in the dark or something, but it was by Barbara Brown Taylor. And, and that's her, her whole thing. It's like, she as a writer committed to like basically studying dark mm-hmm. for a whole year and mm-hmm. then writing about it and similar things of like, there's a lot of beauty in the darkness and why are we always so scared? Why is it automatically assumed that it's bad? And why is it associated with fear? Of course it is fearful, but like I, I think what she eventually does is if you built a certain tolerance up for the darkness, uh, it actually becomes really interesting. Right. I mean, it's like, you could be like the warm blanket of the night, Yeah, you know, like a warm, you know, you could see it in that way, Mm -hmm. but then there's also like the frigid coal, you know, there's this, this way in which to be seen. It just, for those that, for, for fun, I just had this, 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 the meme of Bane from Batman three. He's like, ah, the dark, I was raised in the dark. (laughs) Everybody. It's like a TikTok, but, (laughs) um, Okay, so they played angel and demon, but oh, I love them just the same. Mm. Which I just think right there, it's like, and I think this brings up for me, like, also this, I I was reading someone who was quoting Carl Jung yesterday, so that I think is on my mind, but Carl Jung is an interesting fella uh, who huh. had some, uh, lots of thoughts around, like, human psyche and we might do a bonus episode on Jung paradox and Moses Sumney. We might. Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, <laughs> I love the way you say these things. <laughs> that was such a, that was like teacher Mace voice. We might, we might, if you're good, <laughs> <laughs> well, not if you're good. <laughs> Jung is interesting. Cause I like really like a lot of his thing, his writings. And then I also really don't like a lot mm-hmm, of his mm-hmm, writing. Mm-hmm. So it's like a, t- a dual tension. I have to hold with you. You're a Jungian. No, <laughs> <laughs> I am not. No, no. correct that. <laughs> no, I am not, <laughs> which I think is this interesting Kleinian. thing. I mean, I'm actually, you know, are you Kleinian? No, <laughs> but I think actually I'm even challenged by Moses' song right here. Cause I'm like, Jung had some dark pieces to yeah. his thoughts and he also had some really cool things. And mm-hmm. what does it mean to love the whole, yeah, you know, for sure. sorts. and I, I really struggle with that personally. Like I'm like, Oh, Jung, Jung was bad in these ways. So Jung's out, yeah. you know? And I'm like, that's a really like t- classic way that I go about things. And that's actually my concern of like the world's going to go about things that way. You have no yin and yang. Right. You only want one. I really struggle. I really struggle in Jung's this. Jung's out. Demons are out. Um, 
But Jung talks a lot about this idea of like our shadow side and this sense that like we all have a full fledged shadow personality Mm -hmm. and that it's not something to be necessarily feared and hidden away, but like we can integrate that shadow and come and meet with it and, and, and partner with it of sorts. And I don't know why, but I think this, like they played angel and demon. I'm just like, I am aware that I have angels and demons inside of me. Like, and what, what does it mean to love them just the same? You know, like love the demons and the angels inside yeah. me this, in the same way. And like, when yeah. you think about love, like love isn't just like, Oh, I love you. Love is like care and attention and listening and attending, you know, it's all those things. Yeah. And I just find that to be like a very interesting proposition. Love your demons. Love my demons. I mean, it's, it's like the things that have always been a theme in the podcast of like Rumi's guest house or, mm-hmm. you know, or like inviting things in or, mm-hmm. or, the boardroom that we talk about. It's like you get to have all of your characters and cast of characters at the table and, and, and you're, you can be in control, a higher self of sorts, but you should let everybody talk right, and have a say. Right. Right. And this is similar. Like <sighs> it causes me stress. Oh, <laughs> cast out that demon. Um, <laughs> real stress is being expressed in, in your body in front of me right now. <laughs> I am really aware that I, values wise desire a lot of the wisdom was Moses speaks of in this album Mm -hmm. and lived out wise. This is really hard. Yeah. And I think I'm very aware of that. And this album is like exposing that in me. Mm. Um, okay. So, but I, Oh, I, but Oh, I love them just the same. And then lots of O's and then strange how, what heals can also kill. Mm. Um, so, I mean, in some sense, he's referencing the medicine earlier. Yeah. Um, but I think that that's just, I don't know. I think that there's this also reference to like, and, and this is just a thought I'm having right now of like these, these extremes, these black and whites. And now I'm just like really personally reflecting on this around like, I do have a, a personality that finds finding something like angel demon categories Mm -hmm. to be helpful. Yeah. To be like a, a a way in which to understand and categorize things or good and bad. Right. Right. Good and and bad. Exactly. It's like, uh, that's, that's kind of a natural tendency. I think most of us have as humans, you know, that's how we organize the world. And then strange how it heals. Like it's like that helps us to figure things out can also kill. Like yeah. I think that that's, that's something that I'm playing around with. That's an interesting here. take on what the medicine represents. I hadn't thought about that. I, I actually hadn't given much thought about what the medicine represents, but that's an interesting. I mean, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. And almost even thinking of it as like an antiseptic or yeah. an anesthetic. Anesthesia. <laughs> <laughs> antiseptic. Yeah. I think that's. A, no, that's like a, that's like for like. Something that cleans. This just shows our ignorance. No, I'm thinking like of a a, something that anesthesia, like anesthetizes. Yeah, that makes you fall. That goes numb. Numbs, yeah. Like a medicine that numbs. I don't know. Um, and then lots of O's. (laughs) So many O's. And then oh, oh. (laughs) um, I found two dogs on the hot concrete of the back porch, and now we just get this really just, I think, really vivid imagery. One, an amniotic vomit. 
the other in fetal contort. Medicine clogged their stomachs till they overpoured. Strange how what heals can also kill. Hmm. Um, well, the lyrics aren't that straightforward. I mean, th- these are complicated. No, they are. They are really complicated. Yeah. And there's nobody out there commenting on them. Right. Like, I just <laughs> want to say that. Yeah, sorry, everybody. You just got us. <laughs> um, <laughs> Actually, I think we're doing pretty good. So I think that one thing that I think I, like, I, I needed to confirm this. I was like, amniotic vomit. What is that? And it's like, well, that's not really a thing. First off, amniotic vomit, because amniotic is like the fluid around a pregnancy. Right, right, right. And so there's like this very interesting thing of like, why is he referencing pregnancy? And then the next line is one in amniotic vomit and one, the other in fetal contort. Wow. Which is this interesting thing of like amniotic vomit is like, you you take that metaphorically, it's like, oh, this baby like being thrust out, purging of it. Mm -hmm. And then the other in fetal contort, then I have this image of a baby contorted and stuck inside. Yeah. Like it's these two, these tensions. There's a lot there, everybody. Just, (laughs) just sit with that. (laughs) It's, 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 and there it's gross imagery. Yeah. Yeah, it really is. It's kind of grotesque. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I'm like, I, I picture a dog. Yeah. filled like their stomach like you know when you see like like a dog's that stomach is like expanded you know in a really weird way like that's what i'm picturing i mean i also have a dog and i i've had to take him to the vet a few times to have them force him to throw up because he ate something and like one was just like he has these calming chews that have like all sorts of like melatonin and other little calming things in it. And it's like, you give them two and it's like soothing. I did nothing. I don't even never notice the impact, but one day they all just fell on the floor and I think he ate like 20 of them. And it's like, they were like, bring them in and they're like, they got to make them throw up. And it's like, but that's what these dogs do. They like mindlessly eat whatever's in front of them and they end up throwing up. Right, you know, that right. dog, you were dog seeing the other day. It's like, here we go. Throwing up. Just it's throwing like, oh. a dog multiple times would just walk and eat and throw up. <laughs> Concrete of the back porch. One in amniotic vomit, the other in fetal contort. Okay, um, so their stomachs till they overpoured. Strange how what heals can also kill. They both went gray. Adopting a putrid, lifeless stench. Ooh. I learned in death we are all unified in countenance. Um. <laughs> I mean, honestly, the feeling I'm feeling, because I did not deep dive this song. Yeah, it, like I said, you this know? is a sad song. It's sad, but I also just feel like we could do a whole three months on this song. I think this is dense i know i know you know i felt kind of overwhelmed and a little like to be honest i felt a little stupid at times trying to figure this This out (laughs) there is there is like some cosmic grand spiritual i'm glad that you i'm glad that you feel angels demons yin and yang you know death and and all this stuff this is Right. Well, and I think that, you know, I'm just having this other thought around angels and demons. And now I'm just like really talking about my own in 
Mm, words. Words. Uh, a theme that has emerged in my own therapeutic work is this idea of like a God shit complex. Where yeah. It's like, think you're God, think you're shit. Yeah. Like, what about being human? Yeah. LOL. I'm like, oh. ah, but I like to vacillate between shark. those two yeah. places actually. And the reason for it is like, there's an escapism element to that. Yeah. Like if I can be God, I'm escaping out of the reality and the frustration yeah. of the world. If I can be shit, I'm also escaping out of the frustration because yeah. I'm able to like place blame and feel guilty and like it makes sense of yeah. the pain in the world. And there's something even about this idea of like they played angel and demon and it's like angels and demons are also these very interesting, like extra human things. Yeah. You know, it's like, they're not human. They're right, playing, right. they're playing these extremities instead of being Oh, dogs, this is good. This is good. You know? And so there's this, these extremities and, but then it's also, I mean, I, I don't know what to make of that, but then they both went gray, adopting a putrid, lifeless stench. Like, Ooh. think about what it is when we escape and yeah. into these extreme places. I mean, I, I know earlier I was saying it's like, oh, when Moses is gray, there's this black and white. And I still think that's there. It's this interesting tension here. But they, like all of a sudden gray means death here. Decay. They both went gray. You know, yeah. it's these dogs have overfilled they, the, they've the indulged on is, their is they've indulged on these extremities of sorts maybe perhaps yeah. you know it's like the medicine and if we were to think about something like going to an extreme as being some kind of anesthetizer and then you indulge on it and then eventually you like self-implode either it like vomits out of you or you're contorted to something that you aren't and that turns you gray <sighs> and lifeless and you're not living there's so much going on <laughs> Because I'm sure there's some actual dogs in Moses's life that he's using this as a mm -hmm, reference point. Mm -hmm. But I also just think like this to me for my own self brings up a, I guess, again, compared to that first half. And if this is opening the second half, the first half was an explosion. I mean, think about that. Think about like a male orgasm viral. Right. It's like poof, rocket ship, poof, rocket, bam, like conveyor, swarms, life, buzzing, you know, and then this is like decay, right? You know, and and it's I think the backside, yeah. And I, I just can picture this um, inner, not outer, an inner struggle mm -hmm. with these warring mm -hmm. tensions and polarities, mm -hmm. and and it just feels like like you're in the fetal position, contorted and screaming, and like ah, oh, like right, right. wrestling with this stuff is so heavy. And I also thought about this idea of like a vaccine, hmm. or like can't help but think of that these days. And it's like all the inner turmoil going on inside of you when you're trying to give yourself something that will heal you, but is also causing this war inside of you. Right. Right. I mean, that makes you think of the line, like strange how what heals can also kill. Yeah. Yeah. Cause what if, what if, what if somehow in some sort of crazy world, uh, get the anti-vaxxers all riled up here, but I'm boosted <laughs> by the it. way. Don't yeah, do you it. Know, it does kill you or, or like some sort of medicine, I guess, potentially has the ability if taken improperly or, you right. know, wielded right. irresponsibly. Right. I don't know. There's a lot going on. There's a There's lot, a lot going, going on, on here. On. Life. Um, so I learned in death, we are all unified in countenance. Now I had to look up the word countenance because I thought I knew, but I wasn't. Sometimes sure. I picture Moses and, and just vibing. Like some of the times we've done it, I feel, I feel, I feel like Moses would be like, yeah, wow. And sometimes I just picture him shaking his head. What they're doing with my song, two dogs. These. <laughs> I'm so sorry, Moses. No. Who knows? I mean, it really could be vibing vibes with the whole thing. Like maybe he's like, I didn't even think about that. <laughs> um, so countenance, 
the first definition is a person's face or facial expression. Or the second definition is support. Or it can use as a verb, admit as acceptable or possible. To be honest, I don't know how any of those exactly I'll fit. explain my interpretation of countenance. Like Thank if you. I were to use that phrase, yeah. it's a great word to describe somebody's like vibe would be a great way of saying it. But like it's more than posture. It's like if somebody had like a severe countenance. You'd yeah, say it's that. like the way in which they hold themselves. Like, yeah, intimidating countenance. But somebody could have a very pleasant countenance. So in this way, it's like I learned in death, we're all unified in countenance. Like you, we all kind of Ooh. fall apart in death. Yeah. In a sense. Like we all have the same posture. Retching. Right. Convulsing. They, they hunched over. Gray, adopting a putrid, lifeless stench. Yeah. Dang. I learned in death. Oof. Okay. And then, and then more ooze. Ooh. And then eyes bulging like they'd finally seen the truth. Ay, 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 ay. Yeah. It's almost like they've been exposed to poison. Yeah. You know, yeah. like I also, I just all of a sudden have this. It's a, there's always different ages things that are different ages. There's this old movie with Arnold Schwarzenegger called total recall. And it's like, they get exposed to the Mars atmosphere and it's like, that's what happens. Like eyes bulging, skin melting. But like, I do picture that like as you're dying, like eyes, you're bulging out of your sockets. Ah, I can't breathe. Yeah. No, it's, it's like, again, this is like, we get really grotesque images. Yeah, here. it really is. across the face I feel yeah. like the type of shit a child forgets but the memory resets when you ask me in a worried fret have you ever at least loved a pet yeah like sure I loved a pet look what happened oh <laughs> you know and I think that that's like that was the question this whole time yeah you know like there's something about that have been like this gets brought up when someone says, have you ever at least loved a pet? Which also is like implying. And I think that one of the articles referenced this of like, there is an aromanticism here yeah. that's being expressed. A have you ever at least loved a pet? Doomed. I always feel like doomed part two in a lot of these songs. No, actually. exactly. Exactly. And then it's like, there's, there's just something so painfully aching about that yeah. to have them like, Oh my gosh, this is the response to that question. And this whole really, sad thing and then it's like this is like at least loving a pet is a really somber reflection on these pets dying yeah and like overindulging in like this grotesque image of them like there is something so for lack of a better word like desolate there that's like aching mm. and yet also 
oddly very beautiful. Yeah, almost. I almost feel like the song. Now that you say it that way, is like an interaction in reverse. That, that, like with that last line, it's saying somebody says, "Have you ever, have you ever at least loved a pet?" And all of a sudden, the song starts. Right. It's like, oh yeah, let me tell you about. It. No, exactly. Me loving a pet. Exactly. No, exactly. It's like this very strange thing where you're like, whoa. Yeah. Like that was the that was the be- that that was the question that began this song. But yeah. now we're getting at the end, and it comes yeah. in as like this very interesting zinger. The type of shit a child forgets But the memory resets When you ask me in a worried fret Have you ever at least loved a pet? Final thoughts. Final thoughts are... um, Oh, really quickly. Really, yeah. this is not even, this is not a final thought. I don't give final thoughts. The person that produced and wrote this song with Moses is, uh, I, I don't know how it's pronounced. Oneo Tricks Point Never. Yeah. Who also produced the next uh, one. The Weeknd. Yeah. Oh, and, and uh, Noni and FKA Twigs and. Yeah. Like all the people. Yeah. Um, so that's interesting. Um, final thoughts. <laughs> um,. <laughs> big deep breath. Yeah, I think I think I shared a lot here. Like I I nothing is resolved in this song for me. Um I find it really sad. Mm. And I think I find it like true. And I think that's like a it's like beautiful in that sense, but there's something being named here that's like I don't think hopeless is the right word, but there's a little like hopelessness to this or like a just kind of the harsh, there's a harshness to this mm-hmm. um, that I find painful. Like I find this song really painful. I don't really like, I like this song a lot. Like I really think it's very beautiful. Um, and I don't want to say it's like a, a not a top song or a top song, but I, I find it to be one of the hardest songs of the album. Yeah, now that we're th- now 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 that we're talking about it and we're all in, I, I think it might be the hardest song. Yeah, you know, I don't know what would be harder. Polly's heartbreaking. Polly's heartbreaking. But it's too. not like that extreme, like we said, like grotesque, desolate yeah. ener- energy. It's a different. Yeah, and it's like this thing where it's also like beautiful, you yeah. know, and that's what makes it so complicated. Yeah, I mean the the earlier imagery of like yin and yang playing and. There's something a little bit more light and playful and profound and in, in like sort of like heavenly and, mm-hmm. you know, otherworldly even, you know. And then it just kind of drops into the fleshly in a oh really no. interesting way, which is interesting thinking of like earlier songs, there being this also flesh, you know, yeah. and like was literally like gets swarmed by the bugs yeah. in that one scene. So there's this kind of very interesting tension that he seems to be playing with, like taking off rocket ship, coming, yep. landing, flesh, like that thing. Okay. No easy answers on this, everybody. No easy answers on this one. Um, everybody, that is uh, two dogs. Yeah. A nice light dive into a, a nice light song. Um, when we come back, we're going to do bystanders. Mm-hmm. Uh, probably 30 minutes. Yep. I'm going to give this one 30 minutes and uh, we'll call it a night, but this is another biggie. Mm-hmm. Another biggie. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we'll take a quick break when we come back. I'll do it right now. <laughs> Thing will be right back. 
everybody. We are back and we are going to get into bystanders. And also just so you know, like we're real people living real lives. And uh, this this recording tonight has gone into the late hours. It has gone to the late hours. Um, we're in a house. We, we're not professionals at a recording studio with a, a team that's keeping us on track and we get distracted by life. No. And so, I, I think, I don't know, there's lots of life things, but my guess is part of this album has really struck, struck some emotional chords with us. We did an episode one time on um, w- what happens in between takes. And in the old days, the old days, Back two years day. ago, uh, there was a lot of like getting overwhelmed in between takes because <laughs> we were talking about heavy topics. I mean, yeah. it's like sometimes we bite off more than we can chew. And we're really living into this album and it's challenging. Yeah. And so it's like we just took a, we took a literal break yeah. and had some long conversations about two dogs and bystanders and how it's making us feel. (laughs) And so here we are. So we're going to kind of breeze through bystanders and not get so into the weeds, but there's just so much to chew on for a second. We'll just do what we can in 30 minutes here. But, um, bystanders, I I will say, I think this is in the running for a favorite song for me. By the end, it could end up being the favorite song. I think yeah, I don't know about that, but for you, yeah. sure. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's what I'm talking <laughs> that's about for what me. We're talking about <laughs> um, so yeah, you're not talking about uh, my friend down the street. You're talking about yourself. Yes, <laughs> I am talking about myself. Um, yeah, so I think Viral was one of the front runners for such a long time, just because it's such a blatant attention grabber. But yeah. this is a lot more subtle with some really profound lyrics, like. This one, I just think, is another one that could potentially also be a mission statement or a thesis statement for the album. I agree. I think you're right. And holds so much, I feel like, the keys to so much of what is being trying to be said and communicated. And it feels so intimate, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you know, where it's like there's a bold, brazen, loud, aggressive, sticking his chest out, virile conveyor Moses. And then there is like, Oh, grappling with the implications and what it's going to cost. And yeah. Yeah. Oh, dang. Like this is There's something here. really nice about this that I think Polly alluded to as well. Like this, something after neither nor of like, here I am, I'm going to be this bold, this mm-hmm. person living in the gray. And then it being, I think you're right. Like grappling with the implications of that. And yeah. like the, there, there feels like a lived grief around it, Yeah, you know, in like a, in a, positive way but in a very real way yeah totally so let's just get right in the definition of bystander i mean i think most of us have a somewhat working definition of bystander like when we see that was like nobody well i don't want to say nobody i'm sure very few people go what's a bystander but it's always interesting when you look up the definition you're like what so a person who is present at an event or incident so that that's what i think of a bystander like an audience member or something Mm -hmm. somebody watching from the side or like not an accident they're not in yeah, one way to think about a bystander is like they're they're not like impacted of sorts. yeah and people it they're all, onlookers it, yeah onlookers is another great word I think it comes up in sort of an innocent bystander I was just watching yeah. this thing yeah. take place I yeah. wasn't invested or involved yeah um, there's not an investment so the the uh, the caveat is a person who is present at an event or incident but does not partake right. or take part right, right. so little, no skin in the game yes no skin in the game yeah yes. Uh, then the synonyms are onlooker, a passerby, mm-hmm. uh, a non-participant, mm-hmm. an observer, mm-hmm. a spectator, or an eyewitness. Can I say something? I hope this doesn't take too much time or get us off track. But in 
there's liver. You're the one that's worried about time. No, <laughs> yes, that's true. <laughs> there's this field of study in psychology of like liberation psychology. And bystander is like a very dominant, like a, it's a, a very common word used to describe like essentially to be a bystander involves like having dissociative states because you don't allow impact or you're not involved or participating in things. Yeah. So like when harm is being done or when like, as I like oppression, things like that for someone to be a bystander means that they're like inevitably in a state of like being dissociated because they're not allowing themselves to be impacted and partaking in what's going on. Like what's the, the 3d version of something. Ooh, definitely something to hold. I mean, because I think it's this idea of, of, well, uh, I could get really caught up in that too, of like, why should we get involved in justice or anti-racism or anything that's, uh, and it's like, well, we're, we're a society. We're all in this together. Like, come on. Um, we have to have a, we're not, well, strange. I was just going to say we're not islands, Um, but, um, let's just get through into these lyrics. Um, so yeah, it's just, it starts off with a vibe that's so, um, tender. Like, I think it is self-talk again, Mm -hmm, talking mm -hmm, to self. mm -hmm. Um, Oh, it just starts with that. Oh, you want to strip away? Veracity is great, but you'll bleed. Mm. Oh, you want to strip away? We'll let Moses sing in a second, but I can just hear it, you know? Uh, so I think all the, the way, here's where I am hearing it. Um, you've done too much. You, you, you threw it all out there and now it's too risky. So take it back, take it all back, you know, strip away my entire existence right now. (laughs) Veracity in my ear, as I listen to the song, I think I've always heard as tenacity. And when I stop and pause and think about veracity, it means conformity to facts Hmm. or habitual truthfulness. And when Hmm. I say, when I think about the word conformity, I think what he's saying is um, conformity probably has its benefits, less, less problems. Yeah, no, for sure. You know, like people just do it. There's going to, you're going to get a lot less, like a lot less aliveness, but also like a lot less trouble. Yeah. And so I feel like he's saying this with empathy, like, oh yeah, you want to strip away and veracity is great. Yeah. And then he says, but, but you'll, you'll bleed. bleed. Yeah. Yeah. Oof. Yeah. Um, and then, and then this is just such a great line and all for a lukewarm embrace. Like, sure. People will love you, but it's not going to feel like real love. Yeah. You know, it's not going to feel profound or exciting or moving. And I've, I thought about this a lot for myself as a 42 year old. I say it to a lot of people and it it makes sense to me in my own narrative because only we know our narratives. I can try to say it to someone, but it doesn't mean anything to anybody. It means something to me mm-hmm. and my actions and my decisions mean something to me. Mm-hmm. I know what they mean. Mm-hmm. And so for me to say in my life these days, in terms of decisions I make for myself, I'm saying I I have to now create a life for myself that is as true as I know how I can be. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, I might, it might take financial risks. It has definitely taken social had social ramifications in terms of friendships and, um, but, uh, I don't want any more lukewarm embraces. I don't want to get to 60 and have lukewarm embraces. I, I, I think I'm not trying to call out a whole generation, but I think maybe a lot of people have had a certain type of experience with the boomer generation. Mm-hmm. Everybody has their own experience. I guess I would say a general observation is that there is a lukewarmness and a conformity. Strangely, 
from people that were sort of part of like the sixties or something like that. But like, uh, I, I want to, I want to make decisions that would help me be alive and proud at 60, you know? Yeah. Catch me in 20 years. Yeah. You know? No, I mean, I feel like as someone who I turned 27 in like a few days and this is like this thing, this yeah. like proposition of the song is like, what is on my mind around yeah. this time? Yeah. Like, it, it, obviously it's not like it's now or never, but it does feel like I'm at this point in my life where it's like, I like am at a cross points. Like yeah. it's, it's lukewarm embrace. It's continuing. It's like, it's kind of going along or it's not, yeah. you know? And, and that means like, I think the thing is, it's like, that means like hot, passionate embrace and cold, not. Yeah. But you no, know? I guess I'll just say as a caveat, the cold knot is something that you can turn away from. You just mourn and move away from. Right. You know, it's not like people chasing you down with the cold. Right. Right. It's That's like, true. Um, I guess. You guess. <laughs> I don't know yet. Oh. <laughs> uh, okay. And then this final little part of this, er- a little stanza or whatever is you serrate your face with glee. And that's a very interesting I think we're back to sort of masochism, masochism mm-hmm. or sadism in a little mm-hmm. bit because mm-hmm. it says um, serrate is notched or toothed edge. Yeah. So kind of like that bread knife, mm-hmm. you know, like not the bread butter knife, but like the one that no. which like really cut into it. Or is it the thing that you like take? Oh, no, no, no. You're right. You're right. You're right. Yeah. Serrate. It's like a, yeah, no, I totally know. What you're Are you thinking about like hospital, like a suture or no, suture or something? No, I was thinking of the thing that you use to cut vegetables. Which is not right. Oh, well, it's similar maybe, but um, specifically having marginal teeth pointing or toward the uh, the face. So it's like, so you serrate your face. So you're doing something, you serrate your face with glee, like you're making yourself prickly, hard to see, like, yeah. um, like provocative. Like yeah. I, I always see it as like slicing your own face. Mm. Oh, so it's like a self-harm almost back to cut me or something. Maybe. I don't know. Um, so the opening is just sets the tone right away. Mm -hmm, It's like, mm -hmm. ah, you're thinking about doing this. You're Mm -hmm. thinking about taking it back. It's Mm -hmm, too much, mm -hmm, but mm -hmm. of course I understand. Yeah. But you know, what you're going to get is lukewarm embraces. Yeah. So, um, I'll play that for you right now. You wanna strip away Veracity is great But you'll bleed And For a lukewarm embrace You serrate your Okay, so now we're to the chorus, which is so plain and simple. It's plain and simple, and it's funny that we're using the word candor because that also is sort of a word that implies a plain simplicity, but it means open and honest in expression. So it's I, 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 I love that word in here. I think it's an underused word for sure. Candor? Yeah, and I'll read... Um, one of my favorite poems that I've read to you probably like 20 times before, um, do not be ashamed that uses the word candor in a similar way. Um, but, but this is a great line. Don't waste your candor. So 
you know, if, if, if there is sort of a well, and I, and I do believe in a sort of a philosophy or posture of an abundance when it comes posture of abundance, when it comes to our self-expression, but at the same time, it does take effort. Like for, for Mm -hmm. Moses to create this album, for any artist to create something takes effort and time Mm -hmm. and energy Mm -hmm. and, you know, your honest, vulnerable self-expression, um, you know, is a very precious thing. It is. It is. And, and so if, if, I mean, this, this has to do with even like Moses's instant recent, um, story rant about like, you won't, you're You're not going to get a new album for me because everybody's just out here making TikTok sound bites. Yeah. And he's very disenchanted with the music industry. And so it's like, I mean, we're, we're in our way, you know, uh, shout out to ourselves. <laughs> we're in, in a way doing the opposite of being bystanders right now. We're invested in this album. We're invested Stupidly in the work. Invested yeah. In <laughs> 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 yeah. We're, we're having our own regrets. Like, Oh boy, maybe we got too far into this. But, um, I mean, I, for all that to say, like we are letting this album impact us in a pretty big way. Um, so he's saying to himself, I think, and maybe anybody, I think it's a blessing and a yeah. word. Yeah, I think people, it is. I think it really is. Don't waste is. your candor. I hear it both to himself and then to us yeah. too. Don't waste your candor on people that aren't invested and don't care. Right. And don't, I would say, you know, for both of our purposes, don't, don't worry. Don't let the opinions of bystanders also impact you. Right. Like they're, mm-hmm. it's not important. You right. can't live right. a life that way. Right. Well, and I think that that's something that's like, you can't and it's too many and it's too much and yeah. there's, you're not going to be able to please yeah. them all anyways. Yeah. And I, I just think it's worth mentioning, but we don't want to get too far into it cause we're trying to be timely here. But like the video with him just standing very vulnerably with a shirt off in front of a dollar store, I think says it all. It's like this very cheap everyday thing, you know? Mm-hmm. So whatever it is, anything that's sort of mass produced for the masses and right. with, with, with no sense of, you know, creativity or art, it's right. simple, it's cheap. Right. It's a, it's a big giant parking lot. Yeah. Um, and that's maybe easier. Maybe it's a way to make money and, yeah. um, and it could be selling out, you know, it's like, but, um, you know, they'll that's watch you waste. I hadn't thought about it. Waste away, waste away, waste away. So it's like that's that that to me goes like with an innocent bystander, like sort of like coming upon an accident or something like that. Yeah. They're just gonna gawk at it and they don't actually care. Yeah. There's no investment. Yeah. So no one's gonna even their their opinion just doesn't matter. A bystander. They right. don't care. Right. But they're they they might express their opinion. Right. But it's like why? Right, why? but it doesn't I know, I know. Gosh, I know. <laughs> I'm not talking to you. I'm talking to everybody. I know. <laughs> <laughs> I also think it's interesting this wasting away after we had two dogs. Yeah. Like, no, there's very. this imagery of like watching these lives waste away. Yeah. There's something about that hearing that here after having like this, like their bodies turn gray and they're yeah. like, and even the way he says out. waste away, waste away feels yeah. like DK. No, waste totally, away, totally waste is. away, waste away. So let you listen to that chorus right now. Don't waste your candor on bystanders. They'll watch you waste, 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 waste. Okay, these next lines are just so good. And, and, you know, you could really play with these for a long time, but 
what's the use of confessing the truth to an executioner in a booth? Oof. Um, so <sighs> again, I think it's like this idea of wasting your authenticity, mm-hmm, wasting. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you're taking truth as something that is profoundly raw and vulnerable that's inside of you, this precious little nugget that you're trying to articulate. Like I was even listening to a Dave Bazan interview today and he was just like, you know, I, I feel bad as a consumer and somebody that personally that doesn't make a ton of art myself. Although sometimes you could call making a podcast an art, I think you, could. you know, but there is something about these musicians who put so much heart and Dave Bazan, even as vulnerable as he is, was saying, there are certain lines I don't put on my songs because it's too much. Like, yeah, yeah. It would be too raw to share with people. And yeah. Like even Dave Bazan, it seems like he's sharing everything. Right. No, I, I want those <laughs> files, but also yeah. good for you, Dave. <laughs> so I just like, it's like, so yeah, sure. I confess my truth, but like now what? It's going to get me executed. Right. It didn't right. even help. Like right. what's the use? Yeah. Uh, it's a profound image. No, um, it's a really profound image. I need to eat these and words then, and here, digest them. Here comes here comes a reference back to two dogs. It's like, what's the use of confessing the truth to an executioner in the booth about the dueling forces within you? Yes. No, exactly. Bam. Exactly. Yes. Like, I'm going to say this profound thing and it's not. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then these lines, again, this just sounds like such a lament. And it's, it's like, there's this idea of like, so you sold out. You did it. You sold out. Um, you know, you conformed and you decided that you didn't want to be authentic. Uh, and now, and these things, themes come up with Dave Bazan too. That's just in my mind. Some people listening are like, who, who the heck is Dave Bazan? Everybody Pedro go, the lion. go listen to Pedro the lion recommendation from a pal right now. Yeah. Um, pal, pal recommendation. Th- also is, the new beach house stuff. Yeah. Oh, also yeah. That. So this, this is something that the, any, any reference to youth always really gets me because yeah. this idea yeah. of like remembering our, younger selves is always so profound, but he says, now you barely remember your youth. Mm. So it's and like, it's in such a, it, the way it's sung too. It's now like, you barely remember. I never want to try to sing. I, I feel like I can sing, but I feel like it's a little bit weird when we're about to listen to Moses. It's like, <laughs> Scott, please stop. Let's just play Moses. But, um, yeah, for sure. I mean, I've been singing this song around my house all week. Uh, you, you, I love these lines too, because they're just a little off kilter. The whole song is a little off kilter with these words. You used to embrace the eerie and the helm. Yes. And so I just, I, I, I feel like I always say somebody's at the helm, they're in charge, mm-hmm. but I just wanted to make sure I'm, I feel like I'm trying to get my head around what he's trying to say is, uh, the a helm is a tiller or a wheel and anything associated equipment for steering a ship or boat. So you used to embrace the eerie. Mm-hmm. I feel like that's the mysterious. The mysterious, exactly. And the helm, meaning maybe you felt Steering, like you embraced you your... change and do yeah, things. you're no, in charge. I know. I mean, I, honestly, it's just interesting thing. If I think back to my, you know, high school self, and I, yeah. like, was a lot more confident in saying, this is what I value. Yeah. You know? It was like and a, even I think of your college self with your mysticism and your yeah, listening yeah. to voices. Yeah. Because that's what comes up next is visitations from spirit realms. I know. I know. Yeah. And gifted uh, to see between astral planes, now you plead to be plain. Oof. Oof. Dang it. It's horrid. It's so sad. Because I I feel like this, I feel like in a way, those lines feel in some ways the most universal. I think in so many ways, we're following a very unique path that Moses has taken. I don't think a lot of people are out here thinking too much about multiplicity. I think that's a sort of a fresh word that's potentially being elevated in our collective conscious, but like 
you know, this, this idea of gray and the things that Moses is wrestling with in some ways are universal, but I think some ways we're watching a personal evolution of Moses, but this idea of uh, gifted to see between astral planes. Now you plead to be plain, like dang. I mean, that's like me, me, I I, I guess I would just, we got to take some deep breaths on that one. (laughs) Yeah. I, I I think there's some magic to youth. There's, there's a, there's a non-self-consciousness. Yeah. And there's even an imagining that that yeah. whatever freedom of expression you experience as a kid will only ever continue. And yeah. when does it happen? When right. do you start to when does it start to fade away or waste right. away? Right. Um, <laughs> at some point, you start to be start to plead to be plain. Mm. Oof, mm. Mm. so sad. Um, so uh, yeah, I'll let you listening to that right now. What's the use of confessing the truth To an executioner in the booth About the dueling forces in you So now, now, now we're back to sort of um, a different take on bystander because he's saying, don't waste your candor on bystanders. But now he's saying, uh, gifted to see between astral planes. Now you plead to be plain. So now, yeah. now that you're playing, he goes, a bystander. You're, now yeah, you're a bystander. You're, a bystander. you're merely yes. an onlooker. You're not <sighs> in the game anymore. Used to be a conveyor. <sighs> yeah. Conveyor has fallen to a bystander. Yeah. You used to have, a, you, has, you used to be a prophet. You know, interesting because I always felt I yeah the, it's back to conveyor and I always feel like conveyor is a similar to bystander. Yeah, well, probably in some ways. You know, you're just like on the belt, you're doing the thing. You know? Oh yeah, well I thought there were dual meanings. No, to I conveyor. think there were yeah. dual meanings to conveyor. Um, uh, a bystander of bygone standards. Oof. Isn't that what? so? Waste it really away. is hitting me Waste hard. Away. Waste away. Yeah, bygone. You had these high standards. You had mm-hmm. these hopes. You had these dreams. Yeah. Um. They'll watch you waste away, waste away, waste away, waste away. Don't waste your candor on bystanders. They'll watch you waste away, waste away. So I need uh, this like written on my mirror. Well, leave it to you to actually probably do that sometime <laughs> soon. Uh, I, it's strangely, I, I printed off the lyrics and wrote all my little notes in the margins, but like I missed when we just watched this video to get re-inspired. Um, I missed some lyrics for some reason. So these are big too, but, uh, let me just play this for you guys again. So we just listened to a bystander of bygone standards. They'll watch you waste away. So I'll play that right now.
Okay, so this one, again, like, kind of cuts through everything and is just, I don't know, everything just takes these themes and makes them hit and hurt harder. Yeah. Hit <laughs> um, and hurt harder. But this is uh, the minute you mitigate your fire. Mm. Uh, so you would just say sort of dimming your fire, managing your fire, yeah. not letting your fire out, not letting it burn. Ooh. The innocence of carnal desire is stolen. It's stolen. Um, so yeah, I mean, it just, it, it makes me sad and it pisses me off too. It's like the, I have this feeling sometimes, and I'm sure Moses can relate and sure you can relate and others can relate of like, sometimes I'm looking at the world, whatever that even means, people, people, their faces, their looks, their energy. And I'm saying, okay, <laughs> this is just my brain. This, uh, the, somebody that asks you to mitigate your fire is a bad guy. Right, you know? right, but somehow it's gone backwards. Right, in this interesting way, where it's like the one that's not mitigating their fire is the bad guy. Yeah, and so like sometimes I, I have made moves in my life to be more authentic, and I get sort of reprimanded, and I'm looking at somebody all of a sudden haunted by the face look that's looking at me, and I'm like, you want to be that kind of person? <laughs> you want to be someone that stifles someone's fire? <laughs> That's fascinating because, like, why do I have a youth group called Rebel? Like, my thing is I want to be the opposite. I want to, like, bring out that fire. Right. And, and yeah, yell, scream. I mean, I have so many kids who have, like, cussed me out over text. And, they, and then it's like, sorry. And I'm like, don't say sorry. I can hear that. Yeah. Like, <laughs> and especially as, like, a kid, like, you, I want, I want uh, like, uh, people that talk about the power of habit. They'll say they want um, quick wins. Mm-hmm. And in, in terms of a child, like think about 11 or 12 year old, 13 year old adolescent coming into who they are. And it's like a quick win means if you're starting a habit, start small and start to reward yourself quickly and it will help build the habit. So if like quick win, like, you know, a kid looks at you and like cusses you out or screams at you or, sh- or shouts an opinion and society just says, no, 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 no. Yeah. There's no quick wins. It's a quick loss. Yeah. Quick loss. So what if, what if somebody says, I, I hate you. Like, wow, say more. Boom, boom. Come on, say it. You know, um, I just like, isn't that what we want? <laughs> but we, but I think the lament here and the point of the song is it's not going to happen. Yeah. These bystanders aren't going to give you that permission you want. They're just going to keep looking at you wasting away. Right. Well, and I think it, I mean, it, it goes into this, I mean, in, immediately go into this realm of like intergenerational, like tolerance levels, yeah. you know? And it's like yeah. this interesting thing of like, some some people literally cannot tolerate hearing someone say, I hate you, Yeah, you know? And it's like, that's something that like, that wasn't tolerated for them to be able to say, you know? So there's this interesting, like, it's, it's, it's this fascinating thing where I think he's, I mean, totally agree with all that he's onto. And also I'm like, whew, this is, this is there. We have like these limitations as humans that make it hard to be able to actually allow people's fires out. Like, I think that this is like, Oh, right. A, a, a very, a very overwhelming experience for people, you know, and even their own fire can be overwhelming. Yeah. And, and sometimes I'm like, well, what is it? Like, you really want to stop somebody and say, well, what are you worried about? Cause like fire here means, maybe some self-expression, right? but like just in the way you dress and the way you present yourself, like passion and authenticity, like why would you shut that down? Like, Oh, that's a weird outfit. I don't like that. Right. You know, it's like, Oh gosh, get over it. Like let these people express themselves. So yeah, the minute you mitigate your fire, the innocence of carnal desire is stolen. It's stolen. So we'll listen to that. (laughs) 
coming to the end here. Um, and he says, and it's true. Well, you know what? Actually, before we get to the final stanza, I'll read my poem. Okay. Um, this is one of my favorite poems, everybody. I mean, it, it did something for me in my life. And I will say personally, I think, you know, these things, these works, they get into our skin and our body and, and actually impact us. I think gray is definitely impacting me. And this poem, when I read it, came in a season in my life where I really think I needed it. And I think it's really impacted me. And what I mean by that is I carry it around with me and I think it impacts my posture and a lot of the decisions I make in my life. Um, in a profound way. I, I know that to be true for myself. I just know it. It's called Do Not Be Ashamed. It's by Wendell Berry, who's one of my favorite writers. And here it goes. You will be walking some night in the comfortable dark of your yard, and suddenly a great light will shine around you and behind you. There will be a wall that you never saw before. It will be clear to you suddenly that you were about to escape and that you are guilty you misread the complex instructions. You are not a member. You lost your card or never had one. And you will know that they have been there all along. Their eyes on your letters and books, their hands in your pockets, their ears wired to your bed. Though you have done nothing shameful, they will want you to be ashamed. Mm. They will want you to kneel and weep and say you should have been like them. And once you say that you are ashamed, reading the page they hold out to you, then such light as you have made in your history will leave you. Hmm. They will no longer need to pursue you. You will pursue them begging for forgiveness and they will not forgive you. There is no power against them. It is only candor that is aloof from them. Hmm. Only an inward clarity unashamed that they cannot reach. So be ready. When their light has picked you out and their questions are asked, say to them, I am not ashamed. And a sure horizon will come around you and the heron will rise in his evening flight from the hilltop. A fusion of horizons. Fusion horizons. Yeah. I mean, I think that goes perfectly with this. I think it does really well. Um, it is only candor that is aloof mm -hmm. from them. Mm -hmm. You know, these haters, these bystanders, these people that don't care, they're not invested. Yeah. And I just picture this like burst of, light shining in the darkness or whatever. And, and of course I want to play with this like idea of like darkness can be good and pure too. But um, yeah, I mean, th there's some really troubling imagery there, you know, uh, of like this mm. idea of like reading the page they hold out to you. I mean, I was for me personally asked to sign a belief statement I didn't agree with. Right. <laughs> and it's like here we, we have your script. And then it's I, this idea of like, You'll, they'll no longer need to pursue you. You'll pursue them. No, I know. It's I like, mean, what? everything about that feels, I'm like, fuck. Yeah. <laughs> and, they, and, then, and then they won't even forgive you. You'll run chasing them for the, and they won't even give you no. what you're asking for. It's all an illusion. It's all illusion. It's all yeah. illusion. So here we come to the final part of this song, and we're winding down tonight. But, um, and it's true that the truth gives you free, but when truth is a breach of decree, dying for praise from a gallery whose morality is gray. So let me just sit with that for a second. It's true that the truth gives you free. It's a fun, interesting, artsy yes. way that tweaks your ear a little bit. Um, but I'm, I'm struggling with this one, and I've thought a little bit about it. Um, but when truth is a breach of decree, a decree is an official order issued by a legal authority. So I don't know if the... It's like breaking the, the societal, like, 
this is what we're doing. Yeah, but what I'm wondering here potentially is if the decree is Moses, is Moses' truth. Because he says when truth is a breach of decree, dying for praise from a gallery. So so I, I feel like we're back to this conformity thing. Like veracity mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Is, a con, is a truth that's a conformity. Hmm. Uh, it says habitual truthfulness. So I, I feel like it's a cheap truthfulness. Yeah, yeah. And um, he's saying like, I don't know what I'm hearing when I hear the the idea of like tr- when truth is a breach of decree, meaning a disruption of my true authenticity that I've said in virile. I, I announced when myself. Truth, it's like a lower T truth yeah. or something like that. Yeah. And and it's and and this type of truth is dying for praise from a gallery. Yeah. Yeah. yeah you know. Yeah. So it's not. It's not. It's not. It's a watered down truth. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, whose morality is gray? The, this the the morale the morality of this gallery is gray. Right uh, and. And then the next line proves it's like, and that grayness is just subjective. Yeah. You know, the, the morality is just subjective. Yes. And I, I wonder if Moses has actually read this poem because I feel like there's so many no, I actually think there overlaps. Is. Um, and then it says, and they, they all tie their stones to your name. So I, I think that's obvious, but I, what I imagine is like Moses's name, your identity, your reputation. People throw their shame onto your name. No, I, I picture it as like drowning. Like they've, tied stones to you and they're putting you in water and now you're floating to the bottom, which I th- no, that's, I, yeah. I agree that, but I almost think it's like these stones you could look at as like in this, in this very interesting way, people's inability to be, it, it, it's almost feels like compounded of like folks who don't feel like they can be in this truth that Moses is like candor. Yeah. There's, there's all of this like, baggage and shame that they have. And yeah. so then they need somewhere to put it. Yeah. So it goes on to the next. The oh next gosh, that's another good one. You know, yeah. like it's like, it's like, Oh, you're escaping. You're like, you're unable to be kinder. So you now need to throw your, the, like, like the lack of being able to do that onto me. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Um, so honestly, it's like, these are your stones. Don't put them on me. Right. Yes. Because I'm being here and being honest. They cripple your bones with their shame. Yeah. Yeah. Oh boy. And honesty is the most moral way. And then this is a beautiful ending because it ties to the album. Cause, cause obviously he says, but morality is gray. So, and then, Hey, it's almost like a shoulder shrug. Yeah. And the last word is, Hey, but you know, there are no easy answers. Right. And so it's like, he's almost puzzling this out. He's like, uh, honesty is the most moral way, but, but morality is great. So what does it even mean to be moral? Um, uh, so, so you kind I, of are left like, Oh, I think all good art is probably pretty confounding. Yeah. And for, to, to not have Moses answer these questions and to leave the, the answers unresolved is confounding. However, I think the, well, one of the impacts that this song could have on you is, a, um, how would I describe it? Like a, uh, not paranoia isn't the right word. Like almost a desperation. Like we, like what I feel is like we, we have to make sure this doesn't happen. Right. We have to not concede. We have to not give up. We have to fight, you know, don't, don't settle for the lukewarm embrace. Don't, you know, what, what's the line? Uh, don't, don't plead to be plain. Right. Please. You know, like please. be, be alive. I, I don't even want to say 
um, uh, like try to be fancy like Moses. This was Moses's expression. expression. Like I think there's a professor that you and I watch. We don't need to call people's names out who on the surface is probably a fairly plain person, but as this most profoundly safe in their skin, alive, confident humans you'll ever meet. So you don't need to be, it doesn't mean you need to be all like, tremendously self-expressive like Moses. That's Moses's version. Right. And, uh, there's, there's an infinite number of ways to be alive. Interesting thing of like, you could be heavy quotes that this plane is a conformity plane. Yeah. Yeah. You know, that's, that's a very unique distinction. You know, you can be ordinary, right? Like we should be ordinary, but like we're individually ordinary. Yes. 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 And I, and I do wonder now that you even say that in, in terms of Moses is almost like this, spiritual practice of moving to Asheville and locating himself in a community. When I see the little videos of him being interviewed and in Asheville, it seems like in that context, he seems to be fairly plain. Yes. Yeah. Um, He seems to just be one of many other artists. They're all just kind of like, here we are. That's what we do. You do this thing. I do this thing. There's, there's a very like, we're all just like humbly doing our craft Mm. here. Goes gardening, goes to the coffee shop, you know, whatever. But um, yeah, gosh, these songs both hit the whole album hits obviously, but we're being impacted tonight. Here we are. Um, thanks for listening everybody. I, I don't think we need to continue to press. You don't have any final thoughts? Press the pain. <laughs> I think, I think the finale was me reading this poem, but yeah. I think we'll end this with the black Alicia version of bystander. Oh, so you can just do. vibe out to that. Please do. Uh, but thanks for listening everybody. Next week we will be back with 20 years and 20 years and, and lucky me, lucky me. Yeah. Thanks for listening. Ray. We really, if you're listening along, we really appreciate you listening. This yeah, we're having a lot of fun and hopefully you are too. So thanks. See you next week.
gifted to see. 